This week at Made for This Podcast, we are talking about being receptive rather than reactive. Oh, this is something our culture needs. Let's go. This is Jenny Allen. I'm glad you're here. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Made for This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. We're talking this season about being a healthy person. We're talking this season about what it means to live as a whole, full human that that is healthy and life-giving and able to move in and out of relationships and circumstances that can handle them. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in counseling is there's a window of tolerance. And Kurt Thompson talks about this. Honestly, I learned it even before Kurt. It is a healthy person that can stay on the in the banks of the river, that on one side of the river is checking out and numbing out and coping, and on the other side of the river is chaos and anxiety and anger and reaction. And the goal of life is to live, you know, in the window of tolerance where, where we're going down the river smoothly and happily and steadily and calmly. But as we grow in health, that river widens and our ability to handle certain circumstances and difficulties grows and expands. But for those of us that have maybe recently been through a traumatic event, which is right now about all of us, the banks of the river close in and it gets really narrow and it's really easy to bump up against anger or chaos or reacting or bump up on the other side of checking out and numbing out and withdrawing. And so what this season has been about is this river and finding our path on it in our relationships and in our mood and our feelings and our thought lives. And so Today, we're going to talk about being receptive versus being reactive, but I wanted to begin with that river because that is always in my mind. I actually learned it for the first time when we were working with an adoption therapist when my son came home from Rwanda. And because of having to live in a third world orphanage for the first three to four years of his life, his river was very narrow. (laughs) He would bump up against coping or usually reacting very quickly when he first came home. And, and we've been in the process of, of expanding that window of tolerance for him. That's been a huge bit of the, the language we've used and the work we've done with him as he's grown here. And his, praise God, his, his river is wide and, and he can handle so much today that he couldn't have handled even a year ago or two years ago. And that's true for all of us. That's not unique to my son and to the adoption community. That is true for all of us that we have a window that we can handle a certain level of stress, anxiety, and things going wrong before we react. And some of us react by sweeping it under a rug and checking out and numbing out. And some of us react with anger and reaction. Many of us react that way as well. It feels like the whole world has gotten off on the side of the bank of reaction. (laughs) It feels like the chaos and the anger and the spewing hate everywhere. It just feels like all the world was going down the river of 2019. And in 2020, they decided to get out on the side of anger. And so for a lot of us, honestly, we are so worn out by that anger that we go the other way. We go to the side of coping. And the reason I like starting with this analogy is we are using the words 
reactive. But reactive cannot just mean anger. Reactive can also mean hiding. It can also mean escaping. Because both of those places are actually outside of the bounds of where God wants us depending on him and being honest about what we're going through and being tender to what he wants to teach us through it. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so James is building this picture of, hey, don't run around angry at everybody. Don't go run around reacting to everybody. That sounds good and true when you read it in the Bible like that until something causes us to react. And I like that word rather than anger because a lot of times you're not even considering yourself an angry person. I remember teaching stuck for the first time, my first Bible study. We've done a whole season on it here at the podcast. When I taught it, I had young kids at home and I laid out all the different emotions that we experience in the biblical research that I found for each emotion. And when I got to all of them, I looked at them all and I said, you know what? I feel all these words, but I don't feel angry. I'm not an angry person. And I realized that I am, but I bump up on the other side. I check out when I get angry. I don't cause a stir. I don't yell. I don't snap. I just avoid check out. I remember even just this week, one of my friends said something that kind of rubbed another friend the wrong way. And I remember being bothered by it. But rather than say anything, I picked up my phone instinctively. I just picked up my phone and I started scrolling because I I just wanted to check out from that situation. I was bothered by what she said. I knew my friend would be bothered by what the friend said. And I just instinctively, without analyzing it, I ran to the other side of the bank and I was like, I'm going to escape this conversation. I mean, I'm sitting there with two other friends. You don't just pick up your phone and start scrolling, by the way. You don't do that. But I did in that moment and I even caught myself. I set the phone down. My friend, on the other hand, reacted. She said what she thought. And I backed her up, but I I did not in the moment react in a positive way. I did not react in a way that God would want me to react, which would be to be curious and to ask questions, to notice what was being said and to lean into what was being said. I just escaped it. So I want to be clear that, that even if you are not an angry person, you can experience anger in a lot of different ways. And I would say all of us on a given day feel offended, feel wronged, feel misunderstood. All of those are other words for the world of anger that we're going to talk about. And what James is saying is do not speak out of that anger. Do not put that anger on display for the world to see, which is so ironic. I mean, sometimes I read scriptures and I think, did he he throw that in there just for 2021? Did he throw that in there just because of what we're facing in our day right now? Because that would be one that would be very good for all the Christians to hear and to obey, that we would not speak out of our anger because all of us seem to be mighty angry right now and mighty bothered and mighty offended and mighty misunderstood and mighty wronged. And we're all just speaking out of that anger. But the word he uses to counter that in the next verse is meekness that we would be full of meekness and that the implanted word, the word would take root in our lives and would would cause fruit to come up and out of our lives. Now that didn't say anything about not being wronged, not being misunderstood, not being offended, 
Nope, it didn't say that we wouldn't be all those things. In fact, it fully expects we will. It says to not speak out of anger when those things happen to us. We absolutely love cooking with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And right now they have a holiday treat for you guys. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. Can you even believe that it's almost Thanksgiving? I feel like August was the slowest month in the entire world. And then September, October, and November have flown by. And the holidays can be kind of hectic. But HelloFresh helps keep everything simple with recipes and ingredients that cut out grocery shopping and limit meal prep time. Every week, HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from. So there are vegetarian options, calorie smart options, gourmet options. So there's tons of variety that you can choose from. HelloFresh has the flexibility that you need to customize your order on the app within minutes. So I sit down sometimes on Saturdays, I pick my meals out for the week, and you can even change your delivery day and your food preferences based on what you have going on that week or the holiday parties that you have planned. Coming up in about a month, I am taking this girls weekend with a few friends of mine for my birthday. And I was like, guys, let's get a HelloFresh box just for our weekend so we can stay in and cook our three meals while we're out and feel like we're eating something kind of special, but it's way more cost effective than going out to eat every night. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. And now back to Jenny. Now, I want to take a few questions because I know a lot of times I'm, I'm saying something on here and it sounds good until you try to live it out in your day-to-day. So let's talk about what that looks like in our day-to-day. So the first question I want to answer is, how can we handle the unforeseen? So yes, for me specifically, the times I snap in anger more likely are not from built up things over time. It's from something I encounter that quickly offends me. I am disappointed in something that a teammate has handed me in their work. And I say something I shouldn't very explosively. It's happened more than once. I've had to apologize and I have hurt feelings to the point of causing people to cry. Yes, I have. Because I have a reaction to what I'm seeing. And honestly, it is not even a fair reaction. It is not putting into the context all the work and hours they've spent on that thing. It is not putting into the context their perspective of how it should be helpful. And I'm just not seeing it the way that they are. I will react. And oh, I, I work on this, but it still happens. And so most of the time it is an unforeseen thing. It's something that just hits me out of the blue and and I say something largely that I don't even mean. And I probably say it more harshly and more sharp than I even mean. So what I would say is What he says in this verse, which I love scripture because it guides us, it gives us a plan. And the first thing he says is be slow to speak. Now, let me take the example of my teammate that I, you know, crushed with my words recently. If I just would have shut up and taken in the work that she was showing me and asked more questions and been patient and paused and just been slow to speak, just obeyed the first part of that verse, I would not have reacted that way. I would have not been sharp with my tongue because I would have heard her give the perspective on the work that she was delivering to me, and I wouldn't have been angry. But because I was quick to speak, anger came out. So the guide is be slow to speak when we are in an unforeseen circumstance. 
Next question. What does it look like to receive unforeseen circumstances rather than react? I would say this. There is a posture that I have seen in other people that I admire deeply that I try to practice when they get information that is difficult for them to receive. And it is that meekness. It is a, they take it in and they wait and they think. My husband does this all the time. I respect it. It also drives me a little crazy because I don't know what it is he's thinking. But he'll sit there and he'll absorb what's happening and what's being said. Take, for example, parenting. Our child comes in our bedroom door late at night and tells us that somehow, you know, she has made a decision that we, you know, it's not a big bad decision, but it's one that we wouldn't have made. And immediately I'm like, why did you do that? You should have gotten out of there. You shouldn't have been there. Whatever. I'll start lecturing her. And my husband will put his hand on my knee and he'll stop me and he'll list, he'll, he'll ask more questions and he'll listen and he'll nod and he'll receive what she is saying before he reacts. And a lot of times he will say, okay, we're going to talk about this in the morning. And oh my gosh, it has taught me so much about parenting because you can absolutely ruin a kid in that moment of reaction. And so to pause and to wait, whether this is at work, whether this is in a friendship, to be slow to speak and to nod and to ask questions and to listen and to buy time. If I feel anger rising up in me, the best thing I can do is to buy time, to say, can I get back to you about this in an hour or tomorrow morning? Can we can we revisit this soon? Because how you will react in that first moment is probably not the thing that needs to be said. Okay, next question. What is the outcome of control? Because ultimately, that's what we're trying to do, right? If we're going down the river and we keep bumping against the sides, we're just trying to control our lives, whether it's with anger and reaction or whether it's with checking out and ignoring the situation. And to stay on the river, I mean, I recently was canoeing and I will tell you this, I am the worst canoer on the face of the earth. And my husband would second this truth and my friends would second this truth because I, for whatever reason, they put me in the front, they put me in the back, they put me in the middle. If I had an oar in my hands, the boat was going to be going sideways. And what I learned, but I have still yet to practice, is that there's a lot of of canoeing where you pull the oar in, where you are not controlling the boat. And the more you try to control the boat, the more sideways and crooked it goes. And so I had to know when to paddle and know when to rest. And I think of that analogy when I think of this window of tolerance, that that there's a little bit of riding the river. Like we actually went straighter most of the time if I was in the boat, if I wasn't paddling and we were riding the river, we would go pretty straight. And I would say when we try to control our lives, when we try to manage our lives, when we try to make everything work out okay, there is an impossibility to that, that we will be confronted with within the hour, for sure within the day, that we don't have that control, especially when it comes to loaded topics and relationships like parenting and marriage and friendship and co-working. We don't have control over other people. We don't have control over a lot of the circumstances that befall us in a given day or week or month or year. But what we have is God is with us and we have 
a God who knows where the river is going, where it bends, and what we need to do in the midst of it. And I have found in the times where I get desperate that if I paddle hard, I will hit a shore. And to put my my oar on the boat and to to ride the river and to wait and to be patient and to not react, but to trust that God has me in this moment, in this situation, and he has a way for me to react and respond to it. And it's hard. <laughs> I feel like everything we talk about here is so hard. And maybe that's why we do this, you know? Maybe that's why I do this podcast is because I know we need to hear these things over and over again. It's not our nature. It's not the way we will do it unless we fight back against our nature and our flesh and the way we want to react to people. And so maybe I'm just that reminder constantly in your life of the hard thing is the good thing. And and the hard thing is hard because we're fighting the devil and we're fighting our nature and we're fighting the world and the way it responds to everything. But I think that is what makes it shine and stand out so much brighter when we live the way God has called us to. Because who do you know that is slow to speak and slow to anger that you don't enjoy, that that you don't see a spark of, of God in because it is so rare and so beautiful and so powerful. Jenny's new five book children's series called The Story of God is available now. You guys, this is the absolute perfect Christmas gift that you could give the kids in your life, whether they're your own kids, your nieces and nephews, your grandkids. They are the most beautiful five book series that tells the story of God in first person God from creation all the way to heaven. There is a scripture under each line that you can read with your kid. And then one of the best parts of the book is at the end, there's an activity guide that after you read it, it helps guide you to have meaningful conversations with your kids about God. I'm telling you, no joke, once a week, our whole team cries a little bit because we get the sweetest emails and DMs from you guys saying things like, Oh my goodness, we finally sat down and read the first Theology book and it was so beautiful and engaging. My girls loved it so much, they asked to read it again and again. It sparked some great conversation and some laughter too. We prayed before and after reading it and my prayer is that my girls learn how to hear God's voice. And that was one of their questions after we finished reading for the second time. How do I hear God answering my questions? How do I know it's God's voice? Also, the sweetest thing after we prayed, Elena said, now I don't call you God, I call you daddy. Isn't that so sweet, y'all? This is just my prayer for my own kids and my heart that when I sit down and read them books, that it is meaningful and it helps draw them to the heart of God and that they can hear God's voice for themselves. So don't miss it. We have free shipping right now. So you ready? Go do this for Christmas. Go to theolaby.com. That's T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. And if you use the code podcast, you can get free shipping on the set. So go to T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. Use the code podcast to get free shipping on Jenny's new five book children's series called The Story of God.